0: Hey, it's Hike and oh my goodness, did I feel stiff this morning and my knees were kind of what I call wonky, but they were a little bit painful and I know many of you, because we're over 50, can relate to this feeling. So we're wondering, what is happening to us? Why is this happening to us? And now that we're in and around menopause, we also deal with other types of inflammation in our belly Plus the joints that are bothering us. So today we are talking about how to optimize your health and reduce inflammation, specifically when you're over 50. Because I'm telling you one thing, we're not getting old and we're not getting down without a fight. Before we dive in, I want to point out my intermittent fasting quick sheet to get started. In this episode, I'll talk about intermittent fasting and inflammation as well. So, if that piqued your curiosity, grab your free intermittent fasting cheat sheet and get started with intermittent fasting. I'll leave a link in the show notes for you to grab that freebie. So, let's dive into today's episode about optimizing your health and reducing inflammation, especially when you're over 50. I'm Heike Yates, a fitness and nutrition coach with 30 years of experience. I empower women over 50 to take back their health and strength to lead a vibrant life. Right now, you're joined by thousands of women over 50 around the world who stop dimming their light and instead ignite their spark. On this podcast, I do what I do best taking complicated information about fitness, nutrition, and mindset strategies and breaking it down into baby steps that are simple, actionable, and sustainable so you can implement them into your life. I regularly interview some of the most inspiring women who share their honest stories on how they went from their worst to their best life so that you know Not alone in your struggles. Join me as we redefine what aging looks and feels like by taking action and saying, Yes, I can. This is the Pursue Your Spark podcast. So many of us over 50 are dealing with inflammation in our gut and also in our joints, like the knees and the hands. where we feel the first signs of arthritis and some inflammation. But inflammation is essential to our health because it's part of our body's immune response. When I was a couple years back still running marathons and ultra marathons back then, my right knee, it seemed like seemingly out of the blue, was really, really painful. So I, Went out for a run. Everything went great. And in the middle of the run, I had this stabbing pain in my knee. So I had to start walking because I just couldn't run. I couldn't take the pain anymore. And there was not a lot of, at least to me, not a lot of other signs that I saw. Yes, my knee was a little bit more swollen one day than the other, but it was nothing to be concerned about in my mind. So I kept running until this pain really stopped me in my tracks, and I got really worried. So, of course, I asked Dr. Google first to find out what's going on. And so I rested my leg, I elevated my leg, I iced it, although ice, the verdict is out whether ice or heat, but I figured inflammation, swelling, ice is a good thing. So I did that and I started walking more than running until my knees started to feel better. I did some strength training exercises to strengthen my quads, the top of my legs, to counterbalance any knee weakness, and I went back to running. But every time I would go over a certain amount of mileage, and back then that was when I reached 60 miles of running a week, that my knee was just not having it. So that was the time when I decided that I need to work out differently. And this is the time when I had started looking into triathlons. So doing three sports all together: a swim, a bike, and a run. Well, lo and behold, at this point I couldn't even swim other than what I call grandmommy style with a breaststroke, the head out of the water. That's as far as I was willing to go. And I've never talked about this before, but you probably don't know since I've never talked about it and only my close friends and family know about it. I am deaf on one ear, so I only have one ear that I can hear out of or in. And so I was petrified if I got water into my good ear that I would be completely deaf. And I had water in my ear before, which muffled the sound, which completely freaked me out. So I was not willing to swim and put my head in the water to the dismay of my kids when they were little. They're like, mom, come on, wave jumping. I'm like, no, I'm good. But we solved the problem. My husband actually did by buying earplugs for me. And he just said, put on those earplugs and just test putting your face on the water to see if he can tolerate it. And it worked great as it turned out because I became an Ironman triathlete, but Going back to inflammation, starting triathlons, at first I biked and I ran shorter distances and much slower than I had before, which my knee really liked a lot better. Then I added swimming to it, so every time when my knee was a little bit overtaxed or had some swelling, I would definitely make sure I go for a swim day because it cooled down my leg, it lengthened the muscles, and it was easy on the knee. So cross-training was a great way for me to deal with my arthritic joints. But of course, also Pilates. Pilates is so easy on your joints and you can do so many exercises, not only for your core, but strengthening and leaning out your entire body. But that was one of my approaches that I started doing right away when it came to exercise. And I also talked today about nutrition approaches that help with inflammation that you might think about incorporating as well, because I did and my knee flares up occasionally, but by far not anywhere near as it had in the past. So if you're in the same boat with knee or hand pains yeah, from arthritis, listen in. Because bottom line, inflammation, as I said before, is our body's way to fight against injuries, like my knee, or attempts to heal its body after an injury. So it says, hey, this is not what we need to do right now. We need to heal instead of pounding on more. It also, inflammation defends itself against foreign invaders, such as viruses and bacteria, which we see right now during COVID. And inflammation is, again, repairing damaged tissues. So it's our immune system's response to help and protect our body, but also our gut. Because I mentioned that we're dealing with two types of inflammation today. When your body recognizes cell damage, like in our gut or in our joints, it releases chemical triggers that start the inflammatory process and protect our body from harmful invaders and promote healing and recovery. But chronic inflammation can lead to serious health issues associated with diabetes, celiac disease, obesity, and other conditions. As much as you hear about Other people telling you about this is for sure going to work. There is no magical supplement, no magical superfood or diet plan or magical exercise routine that makes sure that you'll stay healthy. But the actions that you take every day can make a huge and meaningful, meaningful difference. So the powers or the pillars And the powers of a healthy lifestyle are eating mainly processed foods, making sure that we get enough protein, eat lots of vegetables and some fruits, move and exercise regularly, reduce excess alcohol, get a good night's sleep, and of course, managing stress. So all of those tie in together as a pillar of a healthy lifestyle and before we dive into more details there are, as I mentioned there are two types of inflammation because inflammation bottom line gets a bad reputation saying oh inflammation is bad but without this wounds become septic and minor infections could have you end up deadly from a scraped knee so and as I said before not on the other hand, not all inflammation is good and there that's why we're talking about two types of inflammation, acute and chronic. So, the acute inflammation is a pain that is related to a body injury and needs immediate attention. Imagine I fell off the bike and I really scraped my body, which happened once. Oh, that was painful. It then sends all the white blood cells to help and repair and heal that scraped off skin. So that's an acute inflammation as a, a example of that. Then there's chronic inflammation and chronic inflammation is caused by stresses on our body. And they're often a combination out of physical, emotional and chemical stresses. The stresses on our body can lead to chronic pain And plays a role, of course, in heart disease, cancer, anxiety, depression, osteoporosis, and weight struggles among many other conditions. So we got to keep an eye on our inflammation and what the body signals us. So common signs of inflammation are bone loss, muscle loss, weakness or loss of strength, weight gain and fat gain, memory problems, mood swings, brain fog, muscle and joint pains, just like I mentioned with my knee, body aches, other chronic pain, digestive issues, blood sugar fluctuations, like thinking insulin levels are not stable, frequent injuries when you get injured more often than you want to, fatigue, tiredness, low energy, Definitely trouble sleeping. And one thing is interesting is feeling older than you are because your body is just not functioning at its best. So some of those signs also feel a lot like you're in menopause. And it's true because of the hormone changes that we experience during that time. And that affects our entire system. And I don't know how many women I've talked to who said... I can't do those high intensity interval classes, even though they claim they're low impact. My knees are killing me or I don't want to run anymore. My knees again are killing me or my lower back. There is so much you can do that doesn't have to be high impact. And of course, Pilates is one of those things, but I'll talk to this about this in a, in a little, by, little bit. Uh, So there's so much you can do to to keep inflammation at bay and notice when you need to take action because you're paying attention to your body. So here are the six ways to optimize your health and reduce inflammation. The number one, I think, is what we don't think about is limit foods that cause inflammation. And this is a wide range of Foods that are so ingrained in our culture that we don't think about it sometimes that, whoa, this is really causing some harm to my body rather than any good. And this is one thing is limit processed food like refined grains that are ground, like I think bread that's ground to death, where you can't even recognize what it was before anymore anymore. Uh, whole grains are another cause, of, for some people, not all, they cause inflammation and flour products because they are processed. Deep fried foods are part of a lot of people's cultures. Processed foods, foods, most packaged foods, when you read the label, it reads like you're reading a different language with all those chemical words that have. you have no idea what's in there. So lots of chemicals. Fast food, we're talking about poorly processed, high fat foods, sodas, definitely some people still drink soda. Uh, most commercial salad dressings, again, it comes in back to what is in that dressing. If you make an olive oil, balsamic vinegar dressing, totally fine. But if you buy that one that's out of the bottle, you gotta read the fine print. Trans fats like margarine, some. Oils like corn, safflower, sunflower, soybean oil can cause inflammation. And processed foods that have fewer nutrients, as I said, unhealthy fats and the artificial ingredients just keep blowing my mind when I read this. And I tried at one point to figure out what it all means and I gave up and I just said, I'm not going to buy this because it does cause chronic inflammations. Definitely skip foods that you may already have at home that are in a box and instead buy whole grain, whole foods that you actually see what what is in them. And as an athlete, I also want to warn our more athletic women that are into high-intensity sports, be aware of the drinks that you're drinking because they're most commercially sold sports drinks contain chemicals that also might increase inflammation. There's a lot of stuff in there that we don't need and we can get our nutrition differently when we do long endurance rides, runs or bikes or a combination thereof. Or sometimes one thing just came to mind one times we we also are told that if we do a workout, we instantly need to drink, A sports drink, and I'm not naming names, and we're told that if we don't have that sports drink right after we're exercising, we are not going to survive our workout and we're not being um, health conscious and our recovery won't be quicker. I doubt this. I've tried it over years. Skip the sports drinks and you can do other things for that. But that's not today's topic. So number two, eat more plant-based food and limit red meats. Choose anti-inflammatory foods that are nutrient-dense, not calorie-dense like deep-fried foods, where there's a lot of calories for a little bang of the buck, very little nutrients. And so adding, if your budget allows it, add grass-fed grass meats, poultry, wild game, add Lemon, limes, berries, and, of course, my favorite, avocados. And I've become such a fan of also avocado oil this this year that I make my fennel in avocado oil. It tastes amazing. Green tea is definitely, I'm rooting for green tea and non-starchy vegetables. Wild-caught fish, bone broth is amazing for your gut, but also for your joints. And I talked about this in another Uh, episode or vegetable broth, apple cider vinegar, organic extra virgin olive oils and olives, fermented vegetables like sauerkraut, kimchi, and things like that, coconut oil, buttermilk. If you like buttermilk, I grew up on buttermilk. I love this taste. Of course, then we have garlic and onions. And add these things into your daily meal into your daily diet plan and it's really easy to do to make a sandwich with whole grain avocado on top and then you may add let's see what can we add on top a whole bunch of non-starchy like uh, cucumbers tomatoes on top of it perfect lunch if you ask me and we added things that are good for our body and that help with inflammation then of course good fats Healthy fats. As you're starting to design a healthy diet of anti-inflammatory foods, you gotta add some healthy fats. Healthy or good fats with omega-3 fatty acids are the ones to look for. Limit the omega-6 fatty acids. Omega-6 acids are family of polyunsaturated fatty acids and can be found in soy, corn, safflower, sunflower, oils, uh, nuts and some seeds, meat, of course, fish, poultry and eggs because they might increase inflammation. Everything else added in. Um, For instance, it's so easy to add the omega-3 and like you can add a piece of salmon and you grill that and you eat vegetables or tuna. You have walnuts, pecans, chia seeds, flax seeds, and of course, My friend, avocado is part of the healthy fat diet too. So think of what you could add. What are the lists? What are the things that you like of the lists? Like if you like avocado, start adding avocado into your diet. When you're making a meal, add more garlic and onions. So don't feel you have to start with all at once. Pick one thing from the list that I mentioned. I gave you a ton of of, of ideas of what to do and what to add into your diet to make your diet more anti-inflammatory and take the anti-inflammatory, the the ones that cause inflation, inflation, inflammation out of your diet. And I keep going back to read packages because. What's sometimes told is the oil in your body body, bottle may not be in it. When I talk about the really good olive oil. So read also and don't just buy. Number four is super easy to add to. And that's boost flavors with anti-inflammatory herbs and spices. Go wild. I just said turmeric. Basil, oregano, thyme, rosemary. I have some in my garden. Sage, gloves, cardamom. Not so much my favorite, but black pepper, ginseng, ginger, cinnamon. Go crazy on those herbs and boost not only your flavor, but also the promote anti-inflammatory things with the meals you make. So moving along or moving away from nutrition, one thing that keeps coming up over and over, and that is number five, reduce stress and improve your sleep. You know, chronic stress and the lack of sleep play a huge role in our health, and both can and are contributing to inflammation. So let's start out with chronic stress. We're all stressed. COVID has stressed us out, and now we're stressed that we're coming out of COVID. What's your life gonna be like? But I want you to take a step back by figuring out what causes the most stress in your life. What are the things that keep you up at night? That's why we talk about sleep in a minute. But what do you worry about all day and night? I always encourage my clients to start logging. Uh, It may be on a Google Docs, on your smartphone, handwritten, doesn't matter to me. But I find that when we start logging on a consistent base, we get data. Data gives us information that's accurate. If you're logging everything, like for instance, when you're stressed, what the cause might be, right? So get your Get your Google Docs out or your phone and speak into it or write into it and then start collecting the data. And after a couple of weeks, you'll find a pattern. And there's always a pattern for things that are not going well in our life. May it be what we eat, how we exercise, what we're thinking about. So pinpoint your biggest offender and get to work to eliminate or reduce that stressor. And when I think right now we're in COVID, so many of us are not driving to work, but what we're experiencing now is Zoom fatigue. That you have to stare at the darn screen for hours on end, and you feel like you're performing constantly. I would recommend just turn off your screen for some of those calls that you have. You don't have to be visible or make an actual phone call instead. So you're reducing that stress of being the performer on the Zoom call or that if you're part of a Zoom call that you can turn off your camera. You don't have to be there visible all the, st- all the time. So start with one of the biggest offenders. If you find you have a whole bunch of them, start with the one that's, that's just driving you crazy. And another thing would be that you might feel stressed about cooking dinner each night. You're just like, I don't know what to cook. I don't have time to find a recipe. I'm it's just stressing me out all over. And do you feel bad for just throwing in whatever you find and not creating a healthy, well-rounded meal. But what could you do is you could delegate the dinner to someone else in your family. So you take steps to say, I cook Monday, you cook Tuesday or something like that. You could also start a meal prepping routine on the weekends. Did you cut everything up and you cook two meals for the week? That takes a ton of stress off what it is that you are stressed out with. And if that's not working, why don't you use a meal delivery service that provides healthy and nutritious meals that are delivered, right to your house there's nothing wrong with this you just have to do a little bit of digging of which one fits your goal fitness goals and health goals the best whether you're vegetarian whether you are not eating uh just said that vegetarian but whatever it is that you focus higher protein meals or meals that are already prepared and all you have to do is warm them up there's a lot of services out there out there Other ways to reduce stress is include exercise. And that will be finally at number six, which I get to in a little bit, but exercise. Journal, get rid of all that crap in your head. Do some yoga. Definitely do Pilates. Go outside, walk outside and get away from the house. Do some easy stretches that you can fit easily into your day. And one thing we do in my house, that's, I just look silly, but... We have a a very nice and high kitchen counter. And every time I wait for my tea to be done, I stretch my hamstrings. I put my foot on top of the the counter and we all wear socks. So no shoes in our house. It's a very good German household. And I stretch my hamstrings. I stretch my inner thigh. A little quick stretch that you can incorporate quickly into your couple minutes you have. And get more sleep and better sleep. Practice good sleep hygiene by keeping your room cool and dark. Well, the recommended 69 degrees is way too cold for me. I need at least 72 to... That's cool for me. I'm always cold. Then avoid caffeine within eight hours of sleeping and eat at least three hours before bedtime so your gut has time to digest the food's that you fed it. Turn off all electronics one hour before you go to sleep so everything's down or you're watching it with a blue light so it doesn't disturb your sleep. And perhaps you want to take a couple of minutes to brain dump everything that happened during the day and you don't want to go to bed and think about this meeting and that meeting and it will just help you slow down a little bit. And exercise is. Super duper important, but again, not too close to bedtime. So you're not staying up or endorphins are high because you did whatever workout you did and then you can't sleep. So set yourself up for a successful sleep starting in the morning. Plan your lunchtime, plan your workouts. Stop racing throughout your day with unnecessary stress. There's some stress we can't avoid, but some we are in control. Plan your meals, go outside, get some sunshine, and take time away from the Zoom calls or your work community and surround yourself with a positive com- positive and supportive community. Yeah, if you're living by yourself, you know, get get in touch with your friends, go for a walk and chat with them on your phone or you know, Get away from it all for a while and really let that sink in, how that can change your sleep. And the sleep, also, we log again. Once you start logging your stressors, I would recommend add logging your sleep patterns as well. Could be went to bed at 10, woke up at 3. Think went back to sleep at 5, got up at 7. I felt okay not to beat into the pulp because I didn't get enough sleep. Would be one example, which is some of my nights. So let's move on to finally number six, moderate exercise. Yep, and the point is moderate, not high intensity. According to research studies published by the UC San Diego Health, 20 minutes of moderate exercise, like a fast walk, can stimulate the immune system, producing an anti-inflammatory cellular response. I would highly, highly recommend that you incorporate 30 to 45 minutes of moderate exercise, as in running, jogging, walking, biking, swimming, dancing, hiking into your day. And then 10 to 25 minutes of resistance training or strength training with resistance bands, weights. I would highly recommend Pilates, of course, because it is low impact and it's so beneficial for women over 50. And do that for at least four to five times per week for a complete and anti-inflammatory strategy. So... If you need exercise ideas and learn how to get started with intermittent fasting, then grab my freebie, but also check out my Fasted and Fit Over 50 Club. We leave a link in the show notes for that as well. So you have two strategies. If you're not sure what exercise, check out the Fasted and Fit Over 50 Club. If you want to start intermittent fasting and don't know, you go grab the freebie. Of the intermittent fasting cheat sheet. Both links will be in the show notes. So, regular exercise not only reduces body fat, but it contributes to an anti inflammatory response. Loss of body fat mass is due to exercise, it also increases muscle production. So, we're thinking improved metabolism. So, this increase in metabolism known as increased anti-inflammatory cytokines increases your metabolism by reducing body fat now intermittent fasting is also one way to reduce inflammation it improves insulin resistance supports cellular autophagy and reduces the risk of chronic symptoms and health issues so think about it intermittent fasting where we eat for only certain hours a day and we don't eat for a certain period of time, is probably a better way to phrase it, this approach will keep our insulin levels more stable instead of getting quick snacks every couple of hours where our insulin levels spike up. And then you have the slump where you feel like you need a cup of coffee and then it spikes up again because you ate a snack or you drank coffee with sugar in them. We don't need to do that. We can totally take hold of these insulin spikes by starting to fast and eat whole grains, whole foods that are supporting our gut health. That's where the cellular autophagy comes in. And if we're supporting with the foods we eat and the way we fast, and it doesn't have to be a whole day fast. Research suggests that women do best on a 14-hour fast, which can be easily established, as you could find out if you're interested in the four-week lean uh, program, how we go about this. But it's such a huge, it is a game changer to reduce chronic inflammation and support gut health and also joint health. If you think about all the nutritional strategies I shared with you today, they totally tie in with intermittent fasting. It's amazing. So, baby steps. Start with one of the strategies I mentioned today. Pick whatever is the best for you and optimize your health and reduce inflammation by starting one of those steps. You can always do more, but pick one. You know what? You got nothing to lose, but so much to gain by making small changes every day. And these changes are so doable. Now you could say, I don't know what to cook and what would that look like? I'm putting a link in the show notes for you for the anti-inflammatory kitchen. And there you can find cool recipes to help you get a handle in the kitchen of the anti-inflammatory meals that you can make at home. I hope that the link helps. But I also want to invite you to check out the 4-Week Lean Out program. If you want to dive deeper into the 4-Week Lean Out program and find out more about intermittent fasting, how to exercise when you fast, the benefits of fasting, how to create healthy meals, how to meal plan, how to exercise, what type of exercises, And it's an all-in-one amazing, if I may say so, program for women over 50. And we also put a link in the show notes for you to take a peek at the four-week lean-out program. I hope that these six steps or these six ways to optimize your health and reduce inflammation inspired you to take baby steps towards your health and reduce the inflammation that you might be dealing with. Please reach out to me at Heike Yates on Instagram, on Heike Yates, pursue your spark on Facebook, and you can find me at Heike Yates on all social media channels. Ask me anything. I'm always here to answer all questions that I may have not thought about today to answer and that's specific to your health. Please reach out and also give me a like on Facebook the Apple podcast as well, and leave a review. So lots going on today, and I can't wait to see you next week on the Pursue Your Spark podcast. Ciao.